Welcome, listener, to the same old Wombos, season two, episode. Uh, hello, I'm your host, Matt Cooper, and today I'm joined by uh, the wonderful Alex Folks and the amazing Adam Proctor, who has uh, decided to open up a box of spicy rice uh, to enjoy um, the podcast with. Uh, on today's show, we are going to look at uh, the kind of expectations for the season, a little bit of admin that's going on, like the Crawley and uh, the Bugles uh, red card. Uh, chat about Al Hamadi as we get closer to January, um, my least favourite month. Um, the women's team, oh my God, they're awesome. And then we might have a little bit, if we get to the time, we might have a little bit of look at the, the DTB and what can be done there. But um, yes, let's crack on. No one doubts the way you feel. No, your passion's very real. I must say we're all impressed. The way the fans approach this test. Days have gone with football clubs we live and fly just on fans' love Davis isn't just a game And tough decisions must be made Gentlemen, welcome How are we all doing? Uh, well, Adam's got his mouth full I can, I can see Dear listener, you can't see this Because thankfully we only go out in sound But Adam's munching away on spicy rice And drinking some crappy fizzy water uh, with occasional oh, San Miguel. We're not sponsored oh, by San Miguel. That, we're me. not sponsored by San Miguel and we're not sitting on the beaches of Benidorm at the moment. So put it away, Adam. Anyway, I'm doing fine. You know, it's 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 winter. Um, it's cold and wet outside. And um, my other half is in uh, Morocco at the moment surfing. So I'm very, very jealous. Oh, that's outrageous. I, I know. You can do that. Yeah. Adam, are you okay? Have you got? Have you swallowed down your rice? I have, I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. I think you know. I don't. Our podcast isn't to delve into my mental well-being, so I'm just going to say I'm okay. Uh, I've been busy, obviously, since the last game. Um, and yeah, when I miss football, that that obviously is when there's yeah when there's a bigger gap of games. It's where a lot of us get to you know vent in all kinds of different ways. So. Yeah. I mean, usually we'd be talking about the last game, and there was actually a game on on Saturday um, in front of a crowd of, I'm think it's about 900 people. This just proves how popular the EFL trophy is. Good work, chaps, on that B that B team thing. That's really worked a treat. Everyone's so buying into this competition. Um, I guess that the only talking point from from my point because both teams had qualified already, it was to see who's going to come top of the table. Apparently, if you're top, you get a home game. Um, but the big point was um, Niall Taylor, baby. And we all thought that he he would still end up playing for us. But he's now signed for Wickham and uh, got a run out, I think, on on Saturday. And good luck to him. Um, you know, he was without a club for a while. I suspect his wage demands were too much for us, much though I'd love to have had him back. Um, free agent signing, so he didn't have to wait till January. And thankfully, he didn't score against us. I mean, we still lost and we still missed yet another penalty, which, as Charlie Talbot points out, this has got to get beyond the realms of statistical possibility. This is just not happening, is it? I mean, we've had one really well saved penalty. Apart from that, apparently, they've all been horrendous misses. Uh, So what's going on? What's going on? That is, that's a really good question, Alex. I mean, like the penalty thing is absolutely ridiculous. Who's who scored? Because Tilly scored a penalty, didn't he, for for us? Obviously against 
against Chelsea, who we should have knocked out of the Carabao Cup, talking of other cap competitions. But, but there's um, also a thing, I was going to say, there's also a thing with the, st- we've had so many penalties, right? So we're already breaking the mould with the numbers of penalties. So it's difficult to say that we're really bad at penalties, other than we're getting more. And so, you know, it's like the conversion. I don't know. I don't know what the, how you work out the stats, but it's a bit, it's a kind of a bit mad. But I guess we just need to practice. If we're going to get this many penalties, which is unheard of, we need to practice more penalties because we seem to get them. It doesn't surprise me, to be honest, Adam, because our game is based around pressing and and speed. So we're very quick. We're very quick and we're sometimes too quick for, for, uh, you know, your average lead to defender. So we we are getting penalties. It should not be a surprise. And if it isn't a surprise, then we need to be practicing, you know, and it's it's clear that, you know, Al Hamadi can score penalties for Iraq, but he's uh, uh, he, he obviously doesn't. He was the one scored for us, and um, Josh Davison. I don't. I don't know with Josh whether it is just a lack of game time. Um, it's affect. It's affecting him. How you can practice quite... penalties in your back garden? How you know? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how big some of their gardens are. Of these League Two players. I mean, it's an interesting study that we can look at for them. But uh, yeah, you're right though. I mean, uh, the penalties. Penalties are just. Damn, that's really difficult to think about what to do apart from i mean i'm sure we do i'm sure we do practice penalties but uh particularly um in the before the first round of the you know the the efl cup and the trophy because any drawn game in the trophy went to penalties straight away so it would be logical that we would practice those uh and we've won a penalty shootout but yeah you know it, it 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 does seem to be a bit of a probably a mental block at this stage because you know these are good players who are used to hitting the target and they're not going to score 100 percent. i accept that uh but we're not getting the 80 percent or something that you would normally get in a in a match time penalty so yeah okay let's stick it to to one side because that as you say matt was a game that in effect doesn't mean very much we're through to the next round of a competition that most of us won't go to. We've got an away fixture. We'll see who, see who it's against. And yeah, there. Fair enough. Move on. I, I guess a question for you both. It, this is interesting. When would you go? I mean, would you would you go? If we got to the semi-final, for instance. I'd say, do you know what? We'll, we'll take it a step back. At what step would you go? Would you go quarterfinal, semi-final, final? Because I wouldn't go to any game Certainly, I wouldn't go to any game uh, which involved one of the B teams, uh, even if it was the final, because I fundamentally, I think that although this is a competition that should exist, it shouldn't have the B teams in it. I think that's um, just setting the wrong precedent for football um, and it's being abused by the, the big clubs. They're meant to be under-21s teams, but they're not playing under-21s players. They're playing uh, reserves. They're playing all these squad players who can't get games. Um, and it's just ridiculous. Uh, so it's not even fulfilling the the terms that it was meant to. Would I go to the final if it was against another team, another regular team? Not them, obviously, but against a, a, another team? Uh, possibly, yes. Um uh, yeah, big day out at Wembley, of course. Um, I suspect, I think the final would be the first stage I would seriously consider going. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm on the, exactly the same page. Yeah. If it's a, I think, if it's, yeah. I think I'd probably go if it was. I think I'd probably go if it was a semi-final, um, and there were no B teams left in the competition. You see what I mean? So as soon as the B teams are out of the are out of the competition, for me it becomes a you know that, that's as it should be. Um, but I'm thinking probably semi semi-final, and this is the problem. You know, there is a great competition here. It's it's being just it's being destroyed by the by these B teams, and and so the fact that you're having attendances of of nine hundred or I can't remember what the gate, gate was against Stevenage or Palace, but it was it was no more than it was no more than a thousand. I mean, it just so it seems it seems ridiculous to me. Anyhow, um, thank you for that. So, but moving on, I'm guessing we've got to this stage of the season. It's been up and down. I think we can we can say that. Um, we're just outside the playoffs at the moment. We're pushing we're pushing forward in three three competitions, aren't we? Um, so I guess what is our what's our expectation for the for this season at this stage? What is our what is our expectations? I mean, do you, do you see us playoffs or above, or um, can we go on a bit of a run in the cup? In in you know in in either, what do you think, Adam? What's your what's your thoughts? Where what is your expectation now, having seen us? And I think we were doing great, and then there, there were a couple of games where we got stuffed, like four goals against us in in those. And I know Alex is already nervous about the Notts County game. Um, but Alex, what do you think? What's your expectation? I'm still optimistic about a potential playoff position. I think we have dropped off a little bit, and so we need to catch up. Of course, yeah, Notts County is going to be difficult game I think at this point I think we could still push him for maybe the last playoff position if we're you know if we get a couple of games together I think we're I think our performance is generally better than it was a bit more consistent um so I'm still optimistic I mean that we've obviously the, the you know it just it also depends what happens in January you know all that kind of stuff we've seen <laughs> we've seen what happens in the past we have a massive nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I'm still optimistic, I think. I think we've got a good squad. I like the people that are playing. You know, I like Huss. You know, I like Bugle. You know, they're all coming back in and doing things. So, yeah, I'm optimistic that we could maybe still get the last playoff position. That's right. Uh, Alex, what do we are going to go through these phases during the season. It's the same with every every season and and virtually every club at our level. Um, if you'd said to me at the start of the season you'll ship four goals in in a couple of games, I'd have, I'd have taken that as being par for the course for a season. It's disappointing that it was in two games back to back, but so be it. If and it's a big if, but if those are the only two games we ship four goals in in the season, then of course that's fine. Um, I'm nervous about Knox County because I watched them on TV at the weekend and, oh boy, they're good. Um, they're a really classy side. Um, and they've got a couple of players in there who are just 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 way beyond our level. I'm sorry, but, you know, we'd have to be on a really good day. We'll have to contain them. It's at home, you know, and I know we've had our bugbears at home, but we've turned it around more recently. So I'm hopeful we can still win that. Um, oh, by the way, they've got a player with the worst haircut in football. I mean, seriously, the worst haircut. It's a mullet, but it's gone beyond mullet. It's just awful. 
Um, uh, anyway, uh, put him to one side. Um, but what do I think for the season? I think, yeah, we can get the playoffs, but I think it's it's still quite early in the season. Uh, we've had ups and downs, but we've proved that we, we, we do have some spirit to us. We do have some tactics to us. We do have the players, most crucially. Um, but it, as Adam says, it all comes down to January. It's a question of, first of all, can we hold on to the loan signings? Uh, last couple of years, January has been the situation where all these players who are with us on season-long loans turn out not to be on season-long loans. And I think most of those loan players have already proved themselves to be integral to our squad. So if we lose those, we're starting to struggle. Um, can we on, hold on to Ali? Um because, you know what, however much he might have struggled to score, he's been creating a lot of chances and he's clearly a fantastic player who will go on a run at some point during this season of scoring seven in six games, something like that. Um, I still uh, said it end of last season, I'll say it again now, I still think he could end up being the top scorer in League Two uh, across all the teams. Um, so we've got to hold on to him. I think from our point of view, if we if we go up, I'd like to think that we could hold on to him next season as well and play him at a higher level. If we don't go up, I would accept the idea of selling him in the summer, uh, cashing in at that stage. Um, but I think January is too soon. We won't get as much money as we would like from him. There is this sell-on clause to Wickham. It might be 25%. It might be something vaguely different, but it's still a big chunk of change. And as much as important as the debt is to the club, uh, I think that not flirting with relegation is more important because we've seen that if we flirt with relegation, the attendances drop off and we start losing money that way. So I would hope that we hold on to him. If we hold on to him, if we don't lose more than, say, one of our season-long loans, if we're able to perhaps do a little bit of business and get another striker in just to make sure we've always got a good two available, I think we can flirt with the playoffs. And I think for, if we said that at the start of the season, that would have been fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think for me, it kind of puts a bit of um, pressure, I would say, on the FA Cup. And the reason I say that is because if we get through Ramsgate and, you know, they're always shocks. Um, but if we do, if we get through the Ramsgate game, we're in the third round, you know, and if we can get a decent game in, a decent a decent game out of that one, um, or even if we get round, to, if we get into the fourth round, I mean, the, the thing there is if we can win, if we can get a decent, uh, you know, game, let's say a winnable game at home against a higher league side and we can, and we get through that, then we've got another game at the end of January. And if that game at the end of January is also sort of like a high-profile game, then you you would hope that um, someone like Ali, for instance, would be going, yeah, brilliant. I've, you know, I've had I've now got these two games, but I'm also aware that there's the the Asia Cup in January as well, which which Ali will be away for, and I can't remember how long that how long that is. I need to have a look at that, but that's but it's it's interesting, isn't it? That you know our season we're saying is kind of dependent on on keeping Ali. Um and, and I and I and I've read somewhere there's no pressure on, on us to sell him 
in January at at all. But the thing is, if someone comes in with some sort of crazy offer, uh, or if he, you know, puts in a transfer request, request um, which you'd hope he, which you'd hope he wouldn't do, um, then then that's where it becomes a then that's where it becomes a problem. I mean, but I, my feeling is that genuinely, someone would be having to put in a bid of around the two million pound mark. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think I can't, but I can't imagine that he'd put in a transfer request. I mean, I've seen, you know. You see, as in, I mean, I've, I've I've got a photo of him now. So if he goes, I've got the photo. It's fine. Um, but you know, his interaction with the fans, and in particular the young kids and whatever, is like really kind of you know loyal in that sense. You know, he's not distant, and he's not sort of just going through the motions. So I can't I can't imagine that if things are going well, he'll think, well, I can I, if I stay here a bit longer. If we get into the playoffs, like you say, if there's a couple of big games, it will put a bigger spotlight on him that might allow him to then be sold to a bigger, better club later on. And I think Alex is right that obviously in the summer it might well be prudent whatever happens. I mean, obviously if we got promoted, which is really unlikely, but if we got promoted, there might be a different conversation. But, you know, come the summer, we might be thinking, well, this is a good time to get as much money as we can and we do a you know shuffle the deck again as ever in the summer and see where we go. So, yeah, I'm hoping... I don't, you know, I don't know if I don't know enough about the transfer market to think is there anyone out there in League One that suddenly sort of thinks they want Ali. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing, and that would be that would be where the yeah. money's coming. I mean, I there's always I... there's always somebody in League One or lower reaches of the Championship who are willing to splash a bit of cash, um, especially in January. Um, just going on the FA Cup thing, though. Uh, look. I don't know who we're going to get, assuming we get past Ramsgate, and it is, you know, I don't want to belittle them because they're in the in the in the second round for a reason. But if we do get past Ramsgate, either a nice draw away against a top premiership team gets us a big amount of cash, albeit we've got to assume we're going to lose that. Or if we can have a home game against, as Kenny Dalglish memorably said, a home game against the non-league club with an injury crisis, please, um, so that we can look forward to getting through to the fourth round. At that point, you know, that's where we want our big game away against uh, against Chelsea or Arsenal, uh, simply so we can get all the cash in. Um, and maybe at that stage, the pressure is off us to actually have to sell anybody in January. The trouble is, that fourth round game, if we get that far, is at the end of January, at which point we're too late, really, to be bringing anybody in. Even if we do sell for a load of cash, um, it's a seller's market at that stage, so we won't be able to get anybody in. So we're really you know, making our bed and lying in it. But, um, yeah, I just hope we keep hold of a, this squad until the end of the season. Um, it, I think it's good enough to, to flirt with the playoffs, so why not give it a run? Yeah, I... I totally, I totally agree. I think that if we can, that'd be brilliant. And obviously, all the noise coming out of the club is very positive. You know, uh, Craig Cope and Andy Thorne—they're both talking about actually coming out of the January. And and Jackson said this: coming out of the January window stronger than we go into it. So that's that feels really positive. And I think what happened to us over the last couple of um, January transfer windows, and certainly the last one, we've learned so much from that. Um, that you know, you you would really hope that you know, there are people that are replaceable if people go back from their seasonal loans or half season loans, let's call it. And even yeah. 
No, I was going to say that, and also all the things we wanted to have in place for this season, you know, the kind of setup, etc., is all there. So I'd have thought that the summer window of building the squad, etc., probably had a lot of eyes and thoughts on it being a season-long squad, and they had maybe you know maybe they cut some deals uh, that are a bit more encouraging for people to stay past January. I don't know, but I would have, it feels like they've kind of got a plan that's that's that was set in motion because we had all the people in place whereas of course we didn't last season and it felt a little bit more higgled you know kind of all over the show to, in that season obviously I mean I think the big problem is going to be is embedding players so if you lose two or three first teamers and you get another two or three in it's then embedding those people those people in it's, yeah of um, course yeah yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting, but it does. It, it feels like if we can keep this squad together, if we can get through to like, you know, the third or even the fourth round of, of the cup, you know, that will give us the sort of momentum to then hopefully have a really big push for the for the end of the season. I remember the season we went uh, up through the playoffs. You know that that period. I don't think we hard we hardly lost a game for that for that chunk. We went on this amazing run. So maybe there's something like that that we can that we can do again. Great stuff. Okay, so keep keep our squad, get through to the third or fourth round of the cup, and uh, um, then hopefully, hopefully we'll be all right. Um, interested. So a little bit, little bit of admin stuff. I don't like your views on this. So um, first things that come out today from the club is that the change date for the Crawley game. So it's going to be on Saturday, the twenty third of December, and it's now being pushed. It's now being brought forward to Friday the 22nd of December. So it's now going to be an evening kickoff in Crawley. What? Is that um, on, what? Why? Well, they on the, in the statement on the website, they don't give any explanation whatsoever. And then they there's a great line in it which says, we thanks the, thank the fans for their understanding. I'm, I'm interested to know who those fans were because no one was consulted about it. it, it you know, well, there, was, the well, there was a warning about some pictures moving because of the sky deal wasn't it so there was a like um, it's nothing to it's, do with that it's nothing to do with sky <laughs> it's nothing to do with sky it's purely as i understand it for footballing reasons so it was a decision taken by the club the plc in conjunction with crawley rather than by the don's trust or with any as matt says with any consultation with fans look the might I can see I can see why from a football point of view it makes sense. It gives a bit more of a gap um between games at a really uh, congested part of the year. The trouble is apart from the fact there's no consultation if it's a Friday night uh firstly I know it's a month's notice and that's better notice than we had for the Wickham move uh but people make plans for Christmas quite early. And so a lot of people are going to have to change plans. Secondly, it's a Friday night. So that makes it a lot more problematic for kids to come to the game and for those who are traveling from a great distance. Thirdly, um, it's Crawley. So it might be, as somebody said, a bit of a shithole, but it's one of our closest away games. So we could be expected to take quite a few people there. Um, I know Blokes in particular are renowned for doing their Christmas shopping at the last possible moment. 
And so there might be some thought that people wouldn't be going to the game because they're Christmas shopping. But it's the 23rd of December, for goodness sake. Even I do my Christmas shopping before then. Um, you know, for the Friday night, especially, you know, the 23rd, the Friday night before Christmas is a massive office piss up. Loads of people are going to have plans for that night. Loads of people aren't going to be able to change them in order to go to a football game in Crawley. I just think that this is, however much there are good reasons for it, and however much there are bad reasons for it, and I come down on the it's a bad move, but I understand if people think differently. But I just think the lack of communications is the key here. I just think the club has not served its fans well, and we're meant to be fan-owned. So I think some consultation with fans would probably have been a good thing here. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, even if they came back and listened, there was a steering group of people that they that they talked. If they if they talked to the DTB, and it feels like maybe there was maybe there wasn't even that sort of consultation. Um, it's a very weird one. I actually thought, Alex, when you said that um, about men shopping at the last minute, and you said that the, they should keep it for the twenty third because at least you've got Christmas Eve to do your Christmas shopping, so it wasn't going to impact there. I thought that's where you were going with it, but. You know, I like the idea you've got your shopping done by the 23rd. That's that's admirable. Uh, but it is, I mean, I just think that that consultation thing is a is an issue. They must uh, have talked to the DTB, though, surely. Must have. Well, there are members of the DTB that are on the PLC. I mean, but, you know, how many DTB members are on the PLC? Because there's not many DTB uh, board members uh, a- a- anymore, as far as I can tell. So certainly not as many as we've as we've had in the past, but... That's a whole new, whole new thing. So anyhow, we've had we've had this, which has been a bit frustrating. Uh, but the on the other side, another bit of admin that's come out of the club is around uh, Bugle, who, um, if you remember, at the end of the Don Doncaster match, where the referee was just wanted to send off everybody, he managed to send off two of our two of our players. Um, but I, apparently, there was some accusation that he'd said something to the referee. And so it was reported. But my understanding is that a couple of Doncaster players had, had come forward and said that he didn't say anything. So that investigation has now been dropped. And my understanding is that he will get a, a one match back, um, which will probably be seen out against, well, it'll be seen out against Notts County, I guess. So he won't be available for Notts County, which brings into another question. Who who plays in that who plays in that role? Is Pell fit again? Or or is there a, was there a chance to put Joss Davison up there? Because I don't think we've seen Joss Davison and um, Ali. God knows what Ali's going to be like, having travelled half the half the globe in the last uh, week. But yeah, so that's good news. It Alex. is good news. Um, just to recap on the Doncaster game, I don't want to go over it a lot because it was so long ago and my brain can't cope with it. But um, yeah, the referee... I think there was one booking in the entire match from either side that was worthy of a yellow card. But I don't know how many yellow cards there were shown and two second yellows to us. Um, Yeah, it was just a bit ridiculous at the end for what was not in any way a dirty game. Um, As you know, I'll give uh, there was one bad one foul worthy of a yellow. And I think I'll take the yellow to Alex Bass for time wasting because I think he probably was a bit there. Uh, but apart from that, no, it was a ridiculous game, ridiculous decisions. It's just good news that we came out on top. Thank you very much. Exactly. I mean, I think the thing about it was the inconsistency. So I 
not only being there, but I watched back. Um, there was a highlights package that was put up by the club, and they do that very well. I like that. Um, and there was there was clearly a foul on uh, Lemon, and, and it, it went off for a throw into them. But you look at it and you just go, I don't, I don't understand how the referees missed it because he was just kicked up in the air, uh, and it went off for a throw in. So I think that I think that issue is always consistency. So if the referee is handing out yellow and red cards all over the place, it needs to be consistent because there were certain things about the Doncaster team and their behaviour that that I think, you know, if you're giving out a yellow card to us for something, they should have received that. So it's the inconsistency. But And I think what was really frustrating, at the end of the game, we won this game, but actually but all of our all of our emotion, I think, is directed at the referee and booing and booing the ref. And that should, and that that took away from it. So I just think it was, yeah, yeah, that was frustrating. I have to admit because I, yeah, I I came with a friend and he he had a he had a great day out and really loved it. And we got to obviously meet Ali afterwards, which was awesome. Um, But it, but I had to keep reminding myself that we'd won two nil because just it was so it was just a it wasn't a very good game in lots of different ways. I couldn't really get into it. and yeah, the referee was just like maddening, you know, with all these yellows, and I, it was just yeah, the game never really felt like it got, never really felt like it got going in some way. It was all a bit weird, and so yeah, I'm pleased that we won. But um, and of course the the yeah the better goal was scored down the other end, wasn't it? Which was always, uh, I mean, I know that Ali said he preferred the goal that he'd like shuffled in because that's always you know to kind of nick it, but the actual one that was a proper shot. Too far away. I want the, I want those magic goals near me. <laughs> you know what the answer to that is, mate? You buy a better seat. Oh, I got. I love my seat. I love my seat. A movable seat. You might have to buy two season tickets, mate. That might be the way it works. So you oh, can get I'm down thinking, I like a stainless stair lift, like on a track. So <laughs> no, no, no. Better than that. Better than that. Like the spider cam. Have a seat on a spider cam somehow, so you can follow the action. Be oh above it and get a perfect view. You could you could actually be VAR as well and tell on the offsides. Oh, well, that would be good. I love a, I love a bit of VAR. It's my favourite piece of technology. Uh, what you? But yeah, but you're the one who wants more technology because you want something to decide whether the ball is in the quadrant at a corner. Right, that is correct. I do. I do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever get a chance to sit next to Adam for a game, do it. it just just sit next to Adam for a game because. Honestly, every time a corner comes in, it's like, I don't understand how he's still alive. He almost has a heart attack every time. Um, Dear, dear me. Before we move on, there's one, before we move on, there's one other bit of news at the club, uh, which is really good news as far as I'm concerned, which is that we have signed up uh, to the big step to um, end gambling sponsorship of football. This is obviously based on um, the survey that we did of fans, where the fans overwhelmingly backed uh, not taking sponsorship, gambling sponsorship, uh, gambling advertising, which is great. It's something I massively agree with. Um, and big up to Jack Curry as well uh, for going to the media and talking on the media about why we're doing it. It's, you know, there's historically been huge problems in football especially, other sports too, with players gambling uh, and getting addicted to gambling, but also, you know, the image that the sport presents uh, to fans, including kids, of 
normalizing betting huge amounts and risking huge amounts that you can't afford. Um, sports should be about the game. Sports should be about uh, watching the game, having fun, supporting your team, uh, shouting at the ref, whatever whatever is good for you. Uh, you know, arguing about whether the ball's in the corner quadrant at a corner. If that's what floats your boat, that's great. Uh, it shouldn't be about worrying whether you're going to be able to afford uh, your mortgage or your heating bills because you bet on the game. Um, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with people gambling on football if they want to, but we shouldn't be pushing it and we shouldn't be reliant on gambling sponsorship in order for football to survive. It's too, it, you know, football is a bigger game than that. Um, and it leads to corruption. It leads to problems for players, problems for fans. And I'm really grateful that Wimbledon is the latest club to sign up to this campaign. And hopefully, you know, we might eventually be able to get the powers that be to, to listen to it. I doubt that they will listen willingly, but, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Alex. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. And I know that the FA or the Premier League or even phasing out uh, gambling companies having shirt sponsorship, which is a which is a great thing as well. There is there's so many things that are wrong with with gambling. I think for me one of the issues is that you can bet on everything. So you can bet on the number of number of corners, number of offsides, all of that sort all of that sort of thing. It just it it just invites you to to gamble and gamble on on ridiculous things. Um uh, we've made great. We've made a great stand, which is fantastic. No, it's fantastic. And again, the thing obviously there's the the post on the on the on the official website. But it said, you know, one of it's one of the bits that blew my mind was, uh, yeah, they took there was something about people taking no action on gambling advertising in football, despite a recent study finding that up to three thousand five hundred gambling logos were visible during a single televised Premier League game. Three thousand five hundred. I didn't even know there was that many companies that did gambling. And how do you show that many in a single televised game? You know, and that was like, and only 7% was on the front of the shirts. So that's like, where are all the other logos? They're obviously everywhere, like during the adverts, during what, all around the stadium. Like, I mean, the whole... There, st- was, a, there was a, a, a study done by uh, an investigative website called Josimar, which found that the international feed of Bundesliga games, so German top flight games, um, the pitch side advertising, the the electronic advertising around the pitch side, the Bundesliga were superimposing different adverts for the international feed. So if you were watching in Germany, you got your standard, I don't know, Volkswagen or whatever. I'm patronising here, but but the the standard advertising of, of your regular companies. If you were watching anywhere around the world on the international feed, you got these superimposed adverts, which were almost all for illegal, unregulated, unlicensed um, gambling firms, uh, mainly aiming at the Chinese market. Uh, These aren't Chinese firms. They're based if they're based anywhere. They're based in Thailand and and, and so on. Um, But they're unregulated. They're illegal. Uh, The Bundesliga knows this, but hasn't really taken any action to stop them until this um sp- this story came out but that's w- what's happening is is there's so much money from illegal gambling as well as the legit stuff 
uh, we might not like the legit stuff, but it, it is legit. Um, but the, there's so much money from illegal gambling, particularly in East Asia, that they're willing to put up so much money to, to front up um, on, on these, these high-profile games that are going to be shown around the world. You know, we've got to get this money out of football. Yeah, I, I, I think, well, we will all agree on this. Um, and, and it's it's interesting, but I'm, I'm pleased that we've made, a, we've made a stand. Um, and I'm hoping other clubs will join in, and I'm hoping that we can... But yeah, as you say, uh, Alex, uh, Adam, sorry, it's, it's not just the shirt, it's not just on the shirt, it's everywhere else that you see it. It's on the adverts, it's the, the LED screens, it's all over the place. So, so we just need to try and get gambling uh, out out of football if we, you know, if we can. The trouble is, there's a lot of money in it, um, and I know that there'll be people who who will just say, "We want the money," um, and that and money, I think, is that is is one of the is one of the big issues anyhow. Uh, right, moving on to more to finishing off with again the good news and they keep on delivering the good news time and time and time again it's our amazing women's team i mean that good grief they're so good they went one nil down at the weekend and one four two uh ashley hinks i believe has already scored 20 goals this season four points clear at the top um the big game is coming up um i think it's this weekend we're playing um norwich who are who are the who are the side that are, are behind us in the league, um, and it's we're just they're, they're just incredible, just an incredible incredible good news story, uh, and and I am acutely aware I've not seen a game yet, and I really must check this out. And I can't see on the I can't see on the website when the next game is at Plough Lane. I do know that it appears that uh, there's a break from the 3rd of December to the 7th of January. So there's a there's a period of games there. I'm I'm not sure whether because we're through to the next round of the FA Cup, whether there's a whether there's a game that's in there. But I saw that the Cambridge game uh, in this in January is cancelled. So it might be that's when the next round of the of the cup is. But amazing amazing team. And the other thing that launched, I don't know exactly when it launched, but you can watch um, some of the games live now, streamed. So I think that's only the games at Carl Shorten, from what I can tell. Um, I haven't quite figured it out. But yeah, the next one that's a live stream will be the January the 14th game against AFC Sudbury. So yeah, that, that's an opportunity for those who can't get there because the games are obviously on Sundays predominantly. Um, uh, you know, that they could at least watch it and get an idea. And of course, you know, once you know the players a bit more and stuff like that, when you go in person, it's even better. So yeah. Brilliant. We will endeavour, listener, uh, to have to get uh, someone on who can give us more of a uh, more of an insight into the into the women's team because um, they it's truly amazing. And I think I was really excited. There was a uh, a couple of seasons ago, and obviously we'd had a we'd had a bad run. But to think that Ashley Hinks won um, the club player of the year, and I think we should you know. Good more credit. In actual fact, it'd be quite nice to see some of the players before some of our games. I think it'd be quite nice to get them on the pitch. Alex, it looks like you're, you're, you're chomping to jump in. No, I'm, I'm just full of admiration for the fact that we have uh, a load of players who know what winning feels like consistently and, you know, scoring goals. And I bet Ashley Hinks can score a penalty. Um, look, 
it's it's i think it's good you know we, wimbledon are not anywhere near the top level of women's football uh hopefully because of the silly only one up system at our level uh will go up this season uh that would be the best news possible as well as a good cup run and so on um but i think that having the women's game uh more popular shown more widely um you know sky are now showing the women's super league on a regular basis that's good news okay it's not going to touch us but but it but it's good news um people know who emma hayes is people who know who jill mead is because of the if for no other reason than for the uh football shirt controversy where uh the company wouldn't actually sell her shirt before the women's world cup um which was ridiculous, and then they sold out instantaneously when they were made available. So, look, it, the women's game getting more high profile is good news in general for sport because it it helps take away from the idea that football is just a bloke's game, whether as a fan or as a player. Um, hopefully, it gets more girls and women involved in, in in physical activity, whether or not you're any good. It's just like anything, you know, you should be physically active whether you're going to perform at a high level or whether you're just having fun and keeping fit. Um, but, you know, to see top flight and top class women's sports people um, out there playing in a Wimbledon shirt is absolutely brilliant. And it's good for good for the club. Um, so let's keep on a good run and let's go and support them. Yes, we should do. We should do the same old Wombles uh, trip to, uh, to one of the games. Um, okay, chaps, that's it. It's um, it's been it's been brilliant. Thank you very much uh, to uh, Alex and Adam. Uh, my name is Matt Cooper. This is the same old Wombles. Tune in at some point in the future for our next episode, whenever we can be bothered to put it out. Charlie Roger in a pickup has a packet on the horse. Sees a docker with a bucket, just a ticket in a ticket. Silly Sally is a tally with the crackers in the alley. She's a smacker and a wacker with a dally with a slacker. Sally keeping in a locker, little packets with a docker. Jolly Roger looking pretty, just a sucker for a shocker. Jolly Roger in a pickup has a